0: You're listening to The Kindred 360 Podcast with your hosts, Pastor Rod Idle, Matt Smith, and Lindsey Terry. The Kindred 360 Podcast is an extension of Kindred Church in Midlithian, Virginia. At Kindred, we help people find their purpose. We believe that God designed us to be surrounded by others who love and care for us. We call this your tribe. We invite you to be part of our tribe today, so enjoy the fun, inspiration, and introspection, all in today's episode of Kindred 360. Now, Pastor Rod Idle.
1: Hey everybody, how you doing? Welcome to Kindred 360 Podcast. This is episode three. I'm here with Matt and Lindsay hey, y'all, hey. and Mike. So we are in Studio 77 once again, and it's good to have you here. You know what? I think it's really important to understand what we're trying to do here, right? Don't you agree that yeah. people need to understand that this is going to be a little bit different kind of podcast. Our goal is to give you kind of a midweek boost kind of a uh, pump you up for the the last few days of the week until we can get you back in there on Sunday and worshiping with us or whatever. But if anything, we also want to just challenge your hearts and your minds and your souls um, to what the Lord might be telling you. So I hope that you appreciate this. I hope that this is something that you can fit into your schedule each and every week. So, Matt, nice having you here. Lindsay, nice having you here. Thanks for sharing. Mike, good to see you, buddy. Good having you. What's up? (laughs) <laughs> All right. Man, guys, I'll tell you something. I did something this week that, well, I didn't really do a whole lot, truthfully, but I attempted to put brakes on my daughter's car with my son-in-law. You guys ever done that? Matt, you ever <laughs> Never. attempted anything like Never. that? I'll tell you, what I found Why is... Why didn't
2: you ask me if I've that, attempted anything like that? Because it
1: was your car. <laughs> so I figured if you did it, you would have done your car. I mean. Uh, so let me ask you something, though. Have you ever done something that you just knew when you're in the middle of it? Man, I'm in the wrong place. I'm not going to bring anything to the table. That was me. Yeah, That was me. I sat there and looked at that stuff, and I watched the YouTube videos, and my son-in-law, Josh, was attempting some stuff. I finally called a guy in our church that is a car guy, and he came over and kind of rescued us. Um, So, man, uncomfortable situation.
3: Yeah. I don't know about you. Yeah, I've been in those. One time uh, I decided to change my spark plugs, which is not difficult on most cars, but at the time I had a Chevy Blazer, and I went in, and you can access some of them uh, through the hood, and then the others, you actually have to take the wheel off and go in through the wheel well. And I'm already like halfway into this bad boy. I've got all my tools and I'm holy working. Cow. And let me tell you, <laughs> I ended up like, these things were so stuck and I just couldn't get it. I ended up making it way worse than it ever had to be. Had to get it towed to the shop. <laughs> and so, yeah, I'm that guy as well. I, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to let somebody. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, like uh, you look at all these YouTube videos and it's like, oh, this isn't bad. I can change my spark plugs and
1: evidently had the wrong vehicle for the easy route. Man, I tell you, I... I've never heard of having to take off a wheel well to get into the spark plugs.
3: Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. And I'm on my back. I'm I'm going in, and it's tight space, and I'm barely uh, getting it with the tools that I have. I was just, it was, it was a bad move.
1: The first time I ever attempt, well, the only time I ever attempted to change spark plugs was in a tiny little car that I had. a uh, It was a 1977 Ford Maverick. And it was a six-cylinder with basically a sewing machine engine. And I decided to save some money and put in the spark plugs. And I was putting them in, and thankfully, a buddy of mine who was a car guy from college comes walking over and said, What are you doing? I said, oh, I'm putting spark plugs in my, um, in my uh, car. And he said, Well, um, how do you know where to gap them at? Right. And I said, What? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I didn't know you gapped spark plugs. <laughs> Come to find out that could have been a really big yeah, problem. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know. That's I thought right. they're all gapped the same and you stick them in and let them go, but I don't know if you knew this, Lindsay. but there's a little part of the spark plug, I don't know if there still is, but there's a part of the spark plug that's got a a gap between one piece of metal and the tip of the spark plug that that's where the spark igni- igniter is, and that's got to be gapped correctly yes. for and it's different for each car. It's different for different cars. I didn't know that. I would have just stuck them in if they were gapped wrong. <laughs> I already knew that, but... You did not. No, I didn't. Yeah, I, know right, I know where to put man. fluids so in cars, and that's your it. your face right now. Scared me. I thought, oh, my gosh, my daughter. And I didn't. <laughs> no. So no. anyway, well, I'll tell you, I was in an uncomfortable situation, and man, I sure to appreciate Chris Kelly, one of our boys at the church, right? Yeah, yeah. Good dude came out and rescued us last night in the dark. Uh, getting the brakes, and then hey, hey turns Ron. around. Yeah. Hey, Ron.
4: Just so you know, Chris Kelly is very, very handy, but you never let him hold the tools too long or put them down somewhere because he misplaced the tools. He always does. Yeah. I found
1: that out at his house even. We were in his garage, and every time he go, now, where did I, what did I? <laughs> we were looking around <laughs> for everything all the time. Jobs take a little bit longer because he loses the tools. <laughs> you know what? That's funny. I'm gonna get him one of those trays I have that's those magnetic trays that you can just throw a tool into and it'll stay right there.
4: He did run over our the church laptop after a job one time because he moved the bag <laughs> by oh, the tire wow. and then he ran it over. <laughs> oh so wow, that was that that's was fun. brutal. And, and when he told me that, tell the text, whole world about that. Yeah, he appreciates yeah, yeah, that yeah. one. We really all there. we all love Chris Kelly. Everybody
1: loves Chris. Kelly. Everybody loves Chris. <laughs> but
4: you know. That was really hard to hear on a text when they're like, Yeah, so I ran over the Mac. I'm like, <laughs> I ran over the Mac.
1: I can honestly say I have never done that, nor have I typed that, that I ran <laughs> over the Mac. All right. So, well, anyway, I sure do appreciate him coming out and doing that. And then get this my son law Joshua, who's learning how to do this, right? So he can do more of his own maintenance. He just texted me just a few minutes ago: Lindsay got this too. That he finished the other two wheels on his own.
2: Yeah.
1: Doing it. Way to go. Shout My out man. to Josh Terry. Hey, listen, you need to hold off on the shout outs until Lindsey drives this thing. <laughs> he <was> like, <laughs> like, he texted
2: me. He's like, I'm going to drive it around before I put you in
1: it. Yeah. Thank good you. boy, Josh. Yeah, there you good go. Boy. Nice job, man. I tell you, that's awesome. I sure do. I sure do like trying new things, but I often, more than often, find myself being in a world I don't belong, and that was me with the mechanical side last night. I just ended up, truthfully, I ended up sitting in a lawn chair lighting up a stogie and watching them work, and I'm smoking a cigar, (laughs) so that was my life last night, so I'll work on cars as long as I get to do that, so... You know, every week we try something different. We try to bring new things to the table. Today, we here at Kindred 360 Podcast have something we like to call hot topics. Let's cue it over to Matt and get that on. Yeah, that's right. Uh, My
3: sister-in-law, who is a counselor, shared this article the other day, and I thought it was so good. Evidently, your thoughts cost you more than a penny. The article is titled, Science Explains What Happens to Someone's Brain from Complaining Every Day. And I think this is so cool because we've known about this, uh, this idea that our attitudes follow where our brains lead, right? But now that they are able to scan our brains, they've actually been able to show that people who complain every day, uh, their brains can, uh, they they change uh, from firing and creating these neural pathways in their brains. And some of the things that I thought was so interesting, as I'm reading this article, uh, it, it talks about how uh, there's neuroplasticity. In other words, that the brain is malleable. Think of like a, uh, a ball of Play-Doh or something like that. And that's really cool and also kind of frightening. Uh, it, it works both ways uh, when it comes to your brain, uh, that the more that you think about something... Uh, the brain will actually change with it. I think that's fantastic, you know, and so there have been times in my life where I've been more negative than others. I've had depression and I've had things like that and they've actually shown through scanning people who have struggled with those things that if you think positive thoughts, you can actually change the health of your brain and conversely, if you are a positive person and you dwell on the negative, uh, that that you can change your brain and so here's some really cool things that it says. So here, here's some applications of that. Like in number one, uh, you can increase your IQ because of this. That You should feel really good about that, Rod. Uh, you can also... <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, back to our... What, we're, what is two? IQ? <laughs> uh, it says you can also learn new life-changing skills, i.e. changing the brakes on your car. Uh, you can recover from certain types of brain damage. Uh, We can become more emotionally intelligent, and we can even unlearn harmful behaviors. What does emotionally
1: intelligent mean? (laughs) I'm serious. What is, I've never heard that term, emotionally intelligent.
2: I think it's being self-aware and aware of the people around you and where their emotional state is, right? Yeah, Dumb as (laughs) Okay. Hey hey guys,
4: my wife
3: says I'm emotionally draining. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's not the
4: (laughs) the
2: same. Yeah, but
3: anyways, it's just really cool. And so it talks about that neurons that fire together, wire together. In other words, if you think it, you can forge pathways in your
1: brain and you can actually change the health. Uh, of your brain. And so, I mean, how cool is that? I wonder how much this would play into if you speak positive things into people's lives, you can help change their pathways and help move yeah. them forward. And I wonder how much of it is true even in a larger organization mm-hmm. where if they really determine themselves to be positive. You know, one of the things I challenge people at com was I want you to pick someone in the church. Don't tell them but begin praying God's blessings and peace in their life Mm -hmm. for a month. I want you to pray for that person every day and pray God's. I wonder how much of this is not just for ourselves, but that we can actually help affect positively other people in their life.
2: Well, to me, it kind of, what you're saying, Matt, sounds like a scientific truth is backing spiritual truth. Right. That we're called to, like we like to say, you know, find the golden people and that, that helps us live up to our identity in Christ by calling that out. And so kind of the the science is showing that's true. When people believe what God says about him, it, it creates a different way to think.
3: Right. And and uh, what about the verse uh, in James where it says, uh, each one must not blame God when they, I'm going to use the Matt paraphrase, when you are tempted and you fall into desire, it says, but each one of us, when they are held by their own desires, then it gives birth to sin. And and, and where, where does your desire come from? You start thinking about something. Yeah, I, well, true. I want that. And so it's just kind of cool. Like you're saying, Like science is proving uh, a religious truth that's right there. Yeah. I
1: think sometimes we mistake negative talk for humility or negative talk for um, because I don't want to take any credit for something. But I think God enjoys us recognizing the goodness that he's put within us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think God likes it. When we recognize how special we are, you know, the sadness of our culture, and I think we all agree on this, is how many people walk this earth and think that they're nobody special,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that they don't have any value, yeah, or the only way they get values by other people or accomplishment. Listen, if you're out there listening to this, I want to let you know that you have value because you are a child of God. That's where your value comes from. That's really a good article, Matt. Yeah. I appreciate that. Good word. Yeah. Good yeah. word. Thank you. I think a great application. And uh, my sister-in-law,
3: who's the counselor, who deals with a lot of troubled uh, people, and and she says uh, one of the times we were discussing this, she said, "Hey Matt, to apply this, you have to work twice as hard to say something." And she said something along the lines of like, "For every one negative, you got to say seven positive." It's not just I'm going to stop stop complaining and think positive like so she said you have to reinforce it like you have to cement it like that play doh like or a, a firm ball of clay if you've ever worked with one of those like you gotta warm it up before it's really malleable. The same with your brain. And so she said, you know, put a spiritual truth on your mirror in your bathroom. I put it in your car. Right, and if it's right. something you good want word. to work on, that's like good really good. look at it and remind yourself of it. And when you conversely when you hear um uh when you think a negative thought you need to stop and say no that's not true. I am good at this, or Rod, I am going to be... Rod, you are not fat. You are not fat, <laughs> Keep thinking. You it. are not fat. You
1: are good-looking, Rod. You are good-looking. You are fast. You're powerful. Remember, <laughs> Lindsay, let me... On that, let me tell you, there's one time... Uh, we my walked, oldest. We walked by the bedroom. Yeah. And this is when you guys were living in our house, wasn't it? Yeah, my uh,
2: oldest was, was four, and he's Judah, <laughs> standing in right. the room, staring in the mirror with his shirt off, Judah, and he's telling himself... <laughs> You're strong, you're mighty, you're cool, you're, you're smart, powerful, you're powerful, you're fast. Like, it's so funny. <laughs> I, <think sometimes laughs> I didn't want to interrupt. That talk, don't yeah,
1: we.
3: yeah, we need to we need to follow talk. Judah's yeah, example yeah, absolutely. there. Yeah. Good
1: word. Good word. Thanks, Matt, yeah, for sharing that. Absolutely. So that's our hot topic for the week. Thank you, Matt. Hey, listen, another thing we want to do that we're trying to bring to the table is our top five. Lindsay?
2: Top five of the top forty this week. And we're talking Christian Billboard. Um, so we're going to start with number five. This is Mercy Me, Grace Got You. I'm going to jump somewhere into the middle here, and I want you to guys give me your feedback on what you're thinking about this song.
3: Oh, I'll be <laughs> honest. I hate this song.
2: This is uh, this is not my favorite. I was a little surprised. Listen, K-Love
3: wears this bad boy, out, and I listen to a lot of Christian uh, radio. Well, that's, that's just K-Love yeah they've got they, they only play top songs. five
2: <laughs> i will say i didn't notice this until recently because i think that's mercy the, me that's mercy me the radio edit i think takes it out john rubin does a rap in here
1: oh really you <laughs> didn't know that i did not know yeah. Yeah. that sounded like um backstreet boys no it does
3: and i've heard the edit i've, I've heard the rap on on um, the radio and I'm just thinking, like that is just the weirdest, like it's kind of collab. weirdly place. It's the weirdest, like mashup. I'm just like that peppy. Well, you guys you know, are it's musical a really more good than me. I know what I like. Not I'm not sure the next one is from the right, Gaithers. Yeah, yeah, that's what we're talking about. Gaithers. Gaithers. I'm we're not sure talking the next about the lyrics. From the
1: Gaithers, close. Or that new band, <laughs> that new rock band called Petra.
2: Yeah, close. Right. It's uh, this one is from Hillsong, um, and it's uh, "Who You Say I Am." It's so good. Let me get us into it.
3: Yeah, I love this one.
2: Yeah, That's a good song. It's so good. Kind of like what we were just talking about, your identity um, and, and reminding yourself good of word. God's truth and how that affects us spiritually. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so what I thought was really great. I love this song so much. We're going to start singing it, it awesome. at Christmas. So, yeah, teaser. Do do me?
1: rap anytime? Please. <laughs> okay. Please. Sorry. What's number 3, man? <laughs> number mouth 3, bit. I I
2: this is the I just heard this recently. It's um for King and Country. It's called Joy. And uh let me slide into it a little further. It's really fun. I love the direction they're taking with their music.
1: I gotta. I'm, I'm gonna give a little confession between you guys. Sure. I've heard for King and Country. Uh huh. I never knew they were a Christian group. Really? I thought they were a country group. I didn't know. Country? So when you just, I, I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, you thought I, they were British as well. Oh, just Wait, like the name. The... I'm being mocked. All right. <laughs> listen, I'm 57. I didn't listen to them. I just heard the name, oh, okay. and I thought, oh, it must be a country group. I didn't know they were a Christian.
2: group. I guess you know what? If I just heard the name, maybe I would think it was just country too you know what's funny is i just watched this music video for the first time today i'm not real big into music videos but i watched it and you know candace cameron bear who's or burr who's uh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. dj tanner yeah she has a cameo in this music video she's on it as like one of the characters so
4: this actually reminds me of like um if you want to know like jumping to artist wise it's like Imagine Dragons
2: it is it's like the Christian version of Imagine Dragons I really like I'm growing to love for King and Country I thought (laughs) Imagine (laughs) Dragons (laughs) was a
1: Disney movie no that's Pete's Dragon (laughs) still waiting for. so number one or two must have been Gaithers cool
2: yeah so two everybody knows this song every church in America is playing this song here we go it's Reckless Love it's
1: Reckless Love love. I knew it had to be Love this song. How I love
2: this song, love
3: but man, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, it's you know how there's that, that point yeah. where you've played
1: it and you're starting to go downhill
3: yes. and just like, okay, I've heard it's it like, enough. Okay, That's about where I'm we've at.
1: We've
2: played it seven so weeks in a row. So you've heard enough about
1: the love of God. That's interesting. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. We've that. played That's-
2: it seven weeks in a row. Kay. We listen, need to chill. Listen, so. my
1: daughter loves this song. It is and a great song. She I
3: cannot get the words I to can. save her life, oh. so she makes them up. She should, and so she is just making them up, singing, singing them off out. tune, mm. and
4: it's it's really fun. When when um sorry guys, when Justin Bieber sings it, then you know it's hit a lot. Yeah, of
2: did me. you guys see that video? No way, really? Justin saw, Bieber yeah. at a. At what, what festival was it? I
4: don't know what festival it was. It was on an Instagram feed that he had, and he sang the chorus of it on his phone and posted it. And the, like everybody
1: was like going crazy that he just sang yeah. that one part. What well, you know? Because I love this song. I I could care less about the controversy of it and all that. I could care less. I I just love this song. It'll always be Welcome to Kendrick. Yeah, Good it's song. a great
2: song. Um, yeah, I love that video of. Of, I've loved all the memes that have been made from this <laughs> yeah. song too the video of uh, the Chick-fil-A guy running out into traffic <laughs> <laughs> trying I to haven't give seen it <laughs> and it's, uh, it's the chorus of he left the 99 for me <laughs>
4: <laughs> that's pretty <laughs> for the funny. one is
2: great so alright here's number one on uh, Billboard's Top 40 Christian if you have not heard this song Lauren Daigle you say so good girl sounds like Adele
3: she does. This chick is so gifted. Yes. I love her voice. What's her name?
2: Lauren Daigle. Yeah. So okay, she's I'm been sorry. On i got sorry. I got to
4: chime in. I'm sorry. I just, I can't. I, I feel like she's ripping. It's, uh, I feel like it's a producer decided he wanted to produce his own Adele in the Christian it is, version. It is, it is well, a it might little be. bit,
2: yes. Um, she's and I know been writers. On.
4: I know two good writers, and I feel like they were... That that's what they...
2: It is the whole feel, piano and all that, really feels like Adele. But yeah. it's like everybody's crazy about this song. She's been on the music scene for about five or six years now where she's she's been around longer, but where people have really taken notice of her. And this girl's a powerhouse. She her hasn't voice, come out of like
1: Bethel or anything. She's no, on her own?
2: No, yeah. She's on her own. She is an amazing singer. I'll have to
1: listen singer,
2: to it. So check her out for sure. She...
1: Uh
3: she uh put together a graduation song i don't know if y'all have heard it um man i i can't remember the name of it I, I'm, I'm, this is going to be an awful story but he was looking up <laughs> basically her kid was graduating and so they said to her hey will you write a song and i wish i could find the name of it because it is so killer it's like one of those ones where you're like
0: she like, wrote it don't. for somebody else's she wrote kid. it for
3: the ceremony that her kid was in and like and you listen to it, it is a, it's like a tear jerk so
2: kid she's not that old all
1: right okay well, well maybe, maybe it was a kindergarten story I heard. Graduate. maybe there's it was kindergarten a lot of really graduation. bad okay. misinformation <laughs> well thanks for that lens I tell you there's some good music I'm anxious to hear what's the one you're gonna bring bring in
2: who you say am Hillsong worship oh man so good
1: a beautiful song looking forward to it and uh, that's awesome Lens. good job thanks so much you know last week uh, When we got into the topic, the thing I talked about was receiving criticism, handling criticism, and actually something that came to me while we were talking, and so I wrote it down so I made sure I wouldn't forget it, was, man, we talked one-sided. We talked about receiving criticism, but truthfully, there's probably some thought that needs to be put in on giving criticism right? Don't you think? Yeah. I think it's a, I think it's a struggle f- for some more than others. I know it's been a struggle for me. In fact, I often wonder, as I thought about it, if I haven't um, maybe <laughs> struggled more with giving good, constructive, loving criticism than I have receiving it. I don't know. So um, I thought we'd talk just a little bit about that today. And um, I felt like, um, having the same team back, you know, Lindsey Terry, Lindsey Terry, Matt Smith, and and uh, Mike Rosendes with us um, to contribute to continue to contribute to this topic, I thought would be pretty good. So you guys are all right with that. If I if Let's I kind of pour into it a little bit more, talk about it. I think it'd be good. Uh, you know, there's a passage of scripture in Psalm the 141st Psalm, and uh, there's a lot of great stuff in it. But it, around the fifth verse, it says, "Let a righteous man strike me." that is a kindness. Let him rebuke me. That is an oil on my head. My head won't refuse it, for my prayer will still be against the deeds of evil evildoers. I thought that was interesting. There was actually a look at righteous rebuke or righteous criticism or whatever you want to call it coming at you as a gift, as something that is beautiful like oil on the head. Now, I think that is a beautiful, beautiful text, but I think that we don't want to miss is this, that it says, a righteous man, strike me, that is a kindness. Mm-hmm. What do you think it means when the psalmist is talking about, let a righteous man strike me? What do, you, what do you think that, what do you hear when you hear that passage? Well, I think there's
3: a difference between, as we alluded to last time, who gives the feedback, who gives the criticism. And man, if you know, you've got someone who, uh, who wants the best for you, you can accept that. And so not only that, but you know, the Chris, the criticism is going to be godly. And when you receive good, godly criticism, good, godly feedback, you know, Jesus himself, I'm the way, the truth. And, uh, and so he talks about his, he, he is truth. And so, uh, in a way, man, when you receive some really good truth in your life from someone who has a godly perspective, man, that's a blessing.
2: Yeah, I, I think definitely talking about a righteous man—that it's you see again and again in scripture, it it portrayed that a righteous person giving criticism is like a kiss on the cheek, is is an oil, like you'd said, um, like that scripture refers to. I think that's definitely if I know someone is walking with the Lord, then I'm quick to listen to what they're going to say.
1: Right. And you guys were talking about receiving it, but let's think about being that righteous man or woman. That's right. Let's think about being that person because god might use us in that way he has i mean when you're a leader on staff when you are leading people uh in the church we all have ministries that people come to us and seek us and we all see things in lives that we can't just ignore sometimes we have to approach so what do we do what are the kind of things that we want to make sure of that are evident in our life um, that when we approach when we come to them uh, that it is something that will be well received,
2: right, well, I think one thing that to think about is uh, uh, in second Timothy two twenty four and twenty five I think this is really good. Um, it says, the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, mm. but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil correcting his opponents with gentleness. Mm. God may perhaps grant them repentance leading to a knowledge of the truth. So I think in it's important that one that we're out loud living and, and walking with the Lord, that we are practicing kindness that, um, and that when we approach people with correction, just like that talks about being righteous. Am I right with God in this? Is this a, a, a correction that God wants me to give? And then, how do I best manage myself so this person's gonna hear it? How am I gonna bring this about in a gentle but clear way, mm. so they might hear what I what I'm saying?
3: Yeah, I, I think about you and I, Rod, and I think I think we we we've talked about how we're different type of people. Right. You you are very direct, and that's right. something that I admire about you. And, and right. sometimes, man, I, I'm I'm so feel good, happy. Are you encouraged? Hey, how you doing? Uh, that I need to grow in that. And, and so when I think about this passage, I think about us as a team. Like, it, you have to have both sides of it. You have to be willing to give direct and honest feedback. You mm. have to be willing to go there because, let's be honest, that takes some courage. It, it takes uh, you stepping out enough to, to, to risk some things. Will they still be my friend? Will they receive it well? Do they know that I love them? And so it takes a lot of yep. courage to, to be straightforward. And yep. then also I like that it says with gentleness, like it, it's also has, they have to know there's a relationship there. They have right? to know yeah. that you care about them. And so I think a, a good first thought as you're giving a uh, criticism is, have you addressed both of those things? Have you been compassionate enough for that, that they know that you care about them and have you been direct enough? You know, okay.
1: let me ask you then similar question to last week. What are the things that kind of slow us down from being that righteous person, that loving person, that caring person? When we know, I mean, we know, especially as leaders, you know, man, when when you see things, you can't, sometimes you just can't ignore it. Yeah. You want to. I mean, I think of the three of us, I'm probably uh, the least shy about confrontation, right? right? I mean... I know that shocks you, (laughs) Uh, but, you know, I mean, let's face it. I mean, I go at it in a much different way than you guys do. Not better way, just a different way. Mm -hmm. So when you see things and you go, I got to confront this. Well, you want to do it in that manner. So what are the things that are the roadblocks? I mean, one thing I think of right away is if it personally offended me. Yeah. It's hard to remain Gentle. That's right. Okay. Because I want to go in there and say, hey. Yeah. But just because I'm personally offended does not mean I have to ignore it or just receive it. You can still, as a leader, come and say, hey, let me talk to you about that real quick. Yeah. All right. What other things do you guys find yourself sometimes that limit your ability to be that good, righteous person in that confrontation factor?
2: I think when I'm dealing with the same problem with the same person again and again and again, mm. your patience just wears thin and you're like, mm. come on. And so instead of coming with that same gentleness I may have had in the past, I want to just be like, you are being dumb. You know what you need to do and you're not doing it. And, I think there's a way to and say that with that's kindness and strong langu-
1: language out of you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're being like a real poopy head. You know? Yeah. Okay, Lynn, that's so great. So I,
2: I think I think that's the struggle for me when I get kind of fired up and, and yeah. have a hard time considering gentle. That, that's true. You know that,
1: that continual thing. It's almost like when they even when they after a while when they say they're sorry, you don't believe them. Yeah. You're I mean, not mm-hmm. sorry because you keep doing it. Right. Yeah. You know, that's what that's what you might have heard that before in your life, right? Lance? I might have. Okay. <laughs> hey, never said I was a perfect dad, All right, just a blessed one. So, anyway, what about you, Matt? What kind of things that can kind of mess you up from being that righteous, gentle dude?
3: I think I think uh, a little bit of what I just said is I like to be liked by everyone, and that and that's a struggle for me. And so when I when I see something in a friend or someone else, um. I don't, I struggle. I, I, my first instinct is to shy away from that conversation. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so for me, uh, I, I, I probably struggle less with being kind about it. I struggle more with being direct about it. And I, and I kind of say, you know, I'm, I'm kind of fluffy about it. I speak around it really well instead of just saying, Hey, this is what you're doing. And this is where it's going to take you. Or, Hey, this is what you did. And so I've had to really work hard on that because, honestly, uh, that desire to be liked by everyone uh, isn't necessarily a good one uh, if if left unchecked. I mean, I don't right. want to go to the grave and say, man, he was liked by everyone. I want to go to the grave and say, wow, he, he, he believed enough in me, he was courageous enough to speak life into me and to use that compassion to help me grow. Does that
1: make sense? Yeah. You know, Matt, one of the challenges um, with that being liked is And having a hard time getting to the point. Right. Is the vagueness messes up more than the realness and the truthness. Yeah. You know, at least when you go in your truth, they there's first of all where they stand. Yeah. Well, they've eliminated some confusion. Right. And then what I find with myself, and I hope you guys have seen this out of me at times, is then I try to pour on some love like, Hey, listen, there's a reason for this. I want you to get what we're trying to get, where we're trying to get here. Mm -hmm. And so this is not just because I want my way. Yeah. there there's a purpose behind it so let me explain that but what I tried to do is eliminate any confusion up front here's the problem here's the situation this is not what i'm this is what I'm seeing that it's not good mm-hmm. and I think sometimes when you struggle with like you said being that exhorter you know that I right. want everybody like me right which is awesome and we talked about that you know a couple of weeks ago about you have the pastor's heart I have the leader's heart that kind of thing that you're you got that gift of where people go, man, Matt likes me, you know? Yeah. I think that's awesome. But the challenge is if you're not able to say, I love you enough to be very truthful right here. That's right. Right? So that's a big challenge. Now, I don't want to leave this right away because I got something I want to throw out there. We we sit here and we say, well, I can receive it from a righteous man. Mm-hmm. And then we talk about some of the challenges of being a righteous man. But what about the person you're going to confront or direct your criticism or whatever toward. See, because what I have found is that if a person is not ready, Mm -hmm. right? Mm. The Bible says in in Proverbs 9, um, don't rebuke mockers for they will hate you. Rather rebuke the wise, they'll love you right? Mm-hmm. Instruct the wise, and they'll be wiser still. So when you see that, it says, don't rebuke the mockers. No, it's for people who aren't ready to hear. For me, I'll tell you truthfully, my issue is, and I have a lot of them, I know, but my issue on this is, I want to get it solved. I want to mm-hmm. get it done. All right? We got an issue. You know, Man, that happened. I'm going to call him. You know, right. let's get this done. I don't, I, I'm not good at sleeping on a problem.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so what I found though, is when I can pull back, God is preparing the soil. You know what I mean? Yeah. What about you? What, other, what things have you seen where like, man, whether they're not the right audience, it's not the right time for that audience or someone else need. have you ever seen where someone else needs to talk to them? I'm just not that person.
3: Yeah. I mean, I, in my life, you know, you're, you're talking about you and I actually were talking about this earlier today as we were riding around, we were talking about the, uh, the phrase, I
1: don't know. I don't usually listen to you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> we were talking about the phrase, uh, don't wrestle with a pig. Uh, right. because in the end, both of you get muddy and only one and of only you the enjoy pig it. Likes it. yeah. And, and that's what, that's what this verse is talking about is, 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 are you going to go to someone and are they ready to receive it? Mm. And so you know, I think about myself and how do you approach that situation? I, I think there's, we downplay the importance of prayer mm-hmm. and we think of it like as the last resort. Well, I don't have money to give you right now. Wow. I can't help you. I don't have resources, but really it's not the last thing. It's it's the most important thing that you can do. And so I think um, I, there's a shade here that I think we want to be really clear about with our audiences. You Especially for myself and my makeup, I would use this as an excuse. Oh well, I'm not supposed to confront them right now. You typically know when you need to have an honest conversation, but when you really are talking to someone, uh, you know, I think about things like timing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, I, I don't like receiving feedback right after i've done something before noon yeah (laughs) no, but you know what i mean like like uh for instance we just did our uh serve midlow event which if you weren't familiar with it it is a day where we went out and we just went to bless the community we weren't trying to get them to come to church
1: good day it was a really
3: good day but if someone had come to me uh the moment it was over it would have let the the excitement out of me i would have i wouldn't have received it well and so and the same thing, conversely, put yourself into other people's shoes. How should I approach someone? I think it's all about timing, timing, timing. Yep. And when you go to talk to someone, are they ready? Are they fatigued? Are you
1: interjecting it in there? You know, on that, mat, think about it. I mean, a lot of times when we have, you know, for me, Sunday morning, let's say Sunday morning is a great experience, and I receive an email at 1 right. o'clock from somebody who is upset or they're leaving the church or whatever. You know, I don't often give them credit for, wow, what a godly thing to do. Right. Thank you so much, brother. I'm like, you know, I just had this great high of a great Sunday, great worship, and it's got to come. So what do I do? Well, the devil's trying to get me down. Right. Right? I mean, that's really how you think. You may not say it. I'm not calling that person a devil, but, you know, you're saying, well, the devil's trying to knock me down and not let me... But then we turn around, and we have to pay attention to that as well. Okay, I'll just put me on that, because I know I have to pay attention to that, because I guess I could be considered one of those devils at times that I'm like, hey, get over here. You just finished something, you know? You work your heart and soul into it. You're worn out. I may not be worn out, because I didn't put in all that work, but you are, and I go, hey, come here, let me rain on your parade. Yeah. Right? timing is so important isn't it yeah i mean
3: i mean i mean in everything let's let's come at it on different angles in an interpersonal relationship let's let's talk about you're with your spouse probably right before they're closing their eyes and they're done that's that's not the time to bring something up choose wisely with your gay
1: gay (laughs) if you're listening remember I'm closing my eyes three hours before you fall asleep, all right? (laughs) (laughs)
3: You know, uh, with your boss. I've done this to you, and I get done, and I'm like, wow, that was really bad timing. No wonder my boss didn't take what I was going to say. And and not even critique. I mean, even like a request or something like that. And, you know, anytime you're going to something, I think timing's so important. I think uh, with your kids, I mean, understanding right now they're flipping out, and as a dad, I can just escalate the situation or I can de, uh, De de-escalate. deescalate. Is that the word? It sounds weird now that Calm I'm on it down. Yeah. Yeah. I can do that and then later come alongside and, and use it as an opportunity to coach it. Right. And, and I, I grow. think
2: that's some of that emotional intelligence we were talking about, um, emotional earlier what? intelligence, <laughs> emotional intelligence is, is being aware of where the other person is at, um, mentally and emotionally are they ready to receive um are they ready to hear me is this a good time i think for me it's easy for me to kind of what you're talking about earlier talk myself out of confrontations or corrections because um i say it's about the other person but really i'm just being selfish and looking out for me i don't want to be uncomfortable i don't want someone else to not like me So it's more about me rather than where they're at and it's something that they need. Um, or maybe this is a good time for them and I'm just uncomfortable so I don't want to. So, um, I think it's about emotional intelligence with them. Maybe leave even a little about yourself, really. What's my motivation in talking Mm. to them now or not talking to them now? Um, and is that godly or is that self-serving?
1: I remember in, in the corporate world that, um, when I would hire a manager, in fact, this was out in, Denver, within two weeks, I had hired a new sales manager and a new customer service manager. And both of them had to fire somebody relatively quickly in their job. And so I told them that I would sit with them on their first time. They needed to do it because they were the direct boss. I was just uh, the vice president at the organization. They needed to do it. They had hands-on experience. And so both of them, um, (laughs) unfortunately for them, had a rather disgruntled and mm. they were dealing with disgruntled employees and they didn't go smoothly by any stretch but we got we got the job done and i remember my sales manager mike great dude uh, when the guy finally left mike looked at me and said oh my gosh are they all going to be that hard and I looked at him and I started shaking my head no. And I said, yes, they are. <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> I said, they're never easy. It's never easy to fire somebody. I mean, nobody wants to fire somebody. Teresa, when she did hers, um, she we did it down in her office. And then she came to my office. She's breaking down crying. And the only thing I could do was to put my arm around her shoulder. And I said, oh, Teresa, Teresa, Teresa you're going to have so many more of these <laughs> you know and she just kind of looked up at me and I said the truth is you just got to learn that I mean, it's uncomfortable. Nobody wants to do it. Right. Okay. And so when you talk about that comfort level, I get it. And, and people would think like, Oh, well, he must like confrontation because I do it. So I hate it, but you got to get by it and you got to right. do it because that's how you move forward. And that's how people get better. And that's how organizations get better. When I confront you guys, each one of you on anything, um, it's only for a desire to improve. Now, I can do it better or maybe my um, verbiage can be better so that you gain a clearer understanding. I think one of the biggest struggles people have is, you know, well, he just wants it his way kind of thing. You're like, well, it's not really that way. What it is is I probably see something that you don't see. And I love you enough that we're going to do this because, and this is uncomfortable, but we're going to do it because the goal is bigger. Right? Right. Right. Right.
2: I just had a conversation with someone I've known for a long time here recently. I was kind of mentioning to you guys earlier who called and they had a a problem that was really big. They felt like their whole life was falling apart. It was just really upsetting um, and kind of scary for them. And I understand that. Um, But, uh, you know, my initial inside instinct didn't come out of my mouth, thankfully, was you got yourself into this mess. Nobody did this to you. You did it. And it's because it was a conversation we've had several times, kind of like that patience thing we were talking about. Um, Galatians six one says this, Brothers, if any of you is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. And that verse to me in this specific situation was kind of like, she felt like her whole life was falling apart right then was not the time to be yeah, like, it's your point. fault. Right. And so, um, that's part of the restoring her is meeting her where she's at. And then having that conversation later when she gets a little bit more steady saying, Hey, this is what's really going on. Is that you guys
1: wrote that verse all over the walls of my <laughs> office. Well,
2: <laughs> well, and, and the thing to me, the, the part, keep watch on yourself. Lest you two be tempted mm. for me, that was like, I could have been like, "Hey, I'm sick of these conversations. Blown mm. up on her, told her what's really honestly true, but I'm tempted to act in a way that's dishonoring toward God and her.
1: And you're short circuiting what my, God could yes, be doing, right? Exactly. Yeah. And so,
2: to me, that's kind of what that Good means: word. is don't let yourself get so involved in what's true that you forget about their heart too.
3: I think. Uh, I think for me, you know, it, it's just important to remember that. um, that this could be, if if you do take this route of giving some some feedback, man, that could be a life-changing moment. Yeah,
1: I mean, it really is. I, it, I've had those moments in my you, life. Yeah. I agree with you. You know what? You just never know what God could be setting up. That's right. Right. Yeah. I, I think that's really good words out of you both. I sure do appreciate your thoughts and your insight. I want you to know that you have a boss that's trying to get better at that every day. And um, I really want to get better only because I know you want to get better. And uh, uh, I love you both. And I I think that's awesome. You know what? We have a little time for news. Matt, take it away.
3: All right. That's right. This week, we've got some stuff that's coming up this weekend. And we want to personally invite you to join us. Uh, our women's ministry has an amazing event. It's called Propel.
2: Love Propel.
3: That's right. We do it once a month, and it's the first Friday of the month. And we've had a really... Who leads it? Uh, somebody who's really, really awesome. Man, I, I love her to death. What, what's her name
2: again? That pastor's wife, yeah, right? That really My awesome. My mom, right?
3: Your mama. Yeah, My mom. that's, that's right. right. Lois. Gay. Yeah, gay's leading this up. And uh, it's the first Friday of the month, and they've taken a break the summer and so ladies uh who are in our church I know we are excited to get back. Uh I know that when I hear from uh, uh the ladies who participate they just talk about the good conversations the encouragement it's so awesome. uh even just it's so good just to tell your husband hey watch the kids let me have a night off that's just good for your soul and so uh this Friday September 7th uh is going to be the first one kicking off the fall it's from 6.30 to 8. And so we want to invite you guys out there. And the, And this is a great ministry uh, because it's not just a straight Bible study. It's a conversation, and it's going to deal with anything. If you're a, a, a mom, a working uh, mother, if you're in the workforce, uh, man, this has got something good for you. Uh, the other thing I want to mention is uh, a couple weeks ago, we mentioned a couple weeks ago. Wow. It's been like a month ago now on the podcast. Uh, we mentioned that we are, as a church, are jumping into the Miracle League, and that's coming up this weekend. Woo-hoo! Oh yeah, that's right. This Saturday, from September eighth, from eight thirty to twelve thirty, uh, we're going to be uh, joining in and participating with the Miracle League. It's a fantastic weekend. It's a uh, it's a special needs baseball league, and man, you come and I guarantee you're going to be blessed. Uh, You can meet us at the field uh, at 830. Uh, The address is uh, 10301 Courthouse Road, and we would love to see you there. Come, even if you're not part of our church, just come out there. And let me tell you, this is the inaugural game. There's going to be games all throughout this season, and so uh, you don't have to have the church organized this day. You can take your family out there, uh, or you can contact them yourselves and say, hey, can we come and volunteer? Uh, Almost every time, we have, I have uh, participated in a church that has scheduled a day like this. It's really cool because you hear about some families who just connect in such a really cool way and you hear about them going back two or three times extra. The experience was just so fantastic. So we want to invite you uh, to participate with us this Friday night. All ladies, uh, join us at Propel and everybody, join us uh, the next morning, Saturday morning,
1: for the Miracle League. Good stuff. Good stuff to look forward to. And appreciate that, Matt. Lindsay. Talk to us a little bit.
2: Yeah, well, we just want to remind you guys, um, if you have any prayer requests, you can get on that pray.com app or you can email us if you have questions about today's discussion or you want to hear some, us talk about some things in the future, um, we want to encourage you, email us at kindred360podcast at com. So definitely we want to hear from you and uh, make sure to email us.
1: good, good. Good. This is all good stuff today, guys. You did really well. Thanks a lot for being here. And for you out there in our podcast world, our podcast audience, thanks a lot for sharing with us. Don't forget to send us any emails, any information, any questions you might have, whatever. I don't want you to forget as well, the Kindred Church, every Sunday morning, 10 a.m., right across the street from the Johnson-Willis Hospital 10, 825 Midlothian Turnpike. We'd love to see you. Come on in. We'll save you a seat. Have a great
0: day. God bless. You've been listening to the Kindred 360 podcast. If you would like to hear more, be sure to check out our additional podcast, Extra 360, and be sure to subscribe to the Kindred 360 podcast to stay up to date with our most current episodes. We want to thank you for listening today and have a blessed week ahead.